Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains Within the sound of silence For those of you that are still with us after that terrible debacle in Everbank Field on Saturday, we thank you for stopping by. We're two very depressed individuals as Jaguar fans, just like the rest of you are. But nonetheless, we're here for you. We're going to give you an hour of live Jaguars uninterrupted. Audio therapy. Yes, maybe a little bit of audio therapy for y'all out there. Just breathe. So I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co-host Scott Klein. Welcome. We are the Generation Jaguar podcast. You can find... Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com. And you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, on Twitter at Generation Jag. You can find my co host Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein1. That's K L E I N 1. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jordan DeLugo. So we had to welcome you in there with. Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel there, because you that's know that's kind of how it was in, in yeah in the Everbank before, before as the I'm watching yeah as I was watching the game I could just hear the song playing in my head I was like well that's what we're gonna have to enter the podcast this with this week I don't week. think I've ever heard that stadium that quiet yeah while the opponent has the football yeah it was frustrating it really was. The fans in front of me were getting irritated that I was yelling so loudly when we were on defense before every play. But that's just what I do, regardless of what the score is. If we're on defense and the play's about to start, I'm yelling. Yeah. You know? So, uh, anyways, that's what I do. 
when I'm at the games. Um, so we'll give you a quick rundown of the show today. We're going to recap the Raiders game very briefly because there's not much really to talk about. It was terrible. We will give you our what the F moment of the week. And we're going to have a couple of um, perhaps one time or perhaps new segments this week. We're going to have what does Dave Caldwell do as a new segment. That one's pretty obvious. It doesn't need much of an explanation. You can dive a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah. And then the other new segment's going to be where are the wins. We'll look at the rest of the schedule and try to figure out where the heck the Jaguars are going to get some wins down the stretch. Then we'll get into a look around the AFC South, a little bit of Jaguars fantasy football talk, and we'll get into the Jaguars versus Titans preview. So, let's start off with a little bit of Raiders recap. What's going on, man? Oh, man. Just flashbacks in my head. Just of the horror <laughs> that occurred. It really was ugly. The sad thing is the Raiders really weren't playing that great themselves. We no. just were playing terrible. It was amazing. I will say Crabtree played amazing. Perhaps. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like that catch that he made over Prince. Um, he, he, yeah, where he Derek Carr, Prince. The throw Derek Carr made in the first place was uh, amazing. On the run. On the run. It was impressive. Yeah. Um, if you're not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about the throw early in the game where Derek Carr's rolling out of the pocket and just launches it on the run downfield to Crabtree, who was streaking. Prince Kumar was in great position to make the play, and somehow Crabtree came down with the ball. Yeah. Um, in comparison between the two quarterbacks, Blake obviously had a rough day. Yeah, this was a big um, it was kind big of like a measuring group. stick game for Blake. Obviously, this year prior to this game, Derek Carr had been playing a lot better than Blake Bortles, but if you looked at their career stats uh, against each other, they they really matched up well. Carr had a couple yeah. areas that he had advantages in, but Bortles was right there with him in most of the statistical categories going into that game. Yeah, but it it was obvious. Yeah, and this game, who really, who was better? And even that, I wasn't over overly blown away. By anything Derek Carr did, but he was good enough. That throw on the run to Crabtree. That was that was that was the most impressive play of the game. Yeah, I was looking, I was watching the game, and I didn't realize in the second half before that last drive where they drove down the score, they had 33 total yards of offense in the second half before that last drive. Yeah, the defense was doing their job. The defense has been playing their asses off all year. And yeah, there's been some high point totals, but that's going to come when your offense can't even hold on to the ball. When you're getting three and outs constantly, yeah, eventually like, something's going to work for the offense. Even if your offense could just maintain possession, they don't have to score every drive. Keep the other guys off the field. Yeah, it's terrible for our defense, and the defense is playing really well. I will say they're not getting enough pressure over the last couple of weeks on the quarterback, mm -hmm. but the Raiders have a stout offensive line. Very good. Um, they showed it. Uh, even though they were a little banged up, they really came out and didn't let the Jaguars create any pressure for Derek Carr. Yeah, they didn't run the ball all that well. Um, they right. ran it enough yeah. to where... They kept us honest. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just if the offense could have done anything on the, in that game, it's a very winnable game. 
Yeah. The defense did its job. And like the story has been, the offense just is just stumbling over their own feet. Yeah, week in and week out, we're saying the same thing. So this is a kind of a developing story, though. What is up with Allen Robinson's struggles catching the football? Uh, he's getting a lot of double coverage. He's, uh, watching the game, there's a safety coming over the top of him, really keeping him from getting deep, which he did very often and very well last year. Um, I think he's speaking out of speculation it, it, it maybe he might be trying to press a little bit to make a play i have um, to imagine that's what's going on there's a couple catches where you he's know. there was one drop where he was wide open and yeah. it just bounced right off his hands yeah it's very troubling to watch and um we'll get into a little bit more about Allen robinson here in a little while but uh, the running game obviously still was unable to get anything going for the most part. Yeah, it's and, well they started off well. Yeah, we had a, the running big, game was big going play, well. Then, Forty-two yard run by Chris Ivory uh, broke it out to the outside. T.J. Yeldon had a couple intermediate runs, and then once again trying to get something going on the offense. We're having to throw the ball. We're down. Never really getting into a rhythm. Yep. And I went back. Watched a little bit, of, a little bit of the game. Um, the it's always a battle. You're never seeing the offensive line push somebody three yards down the field. They're always just fighting to keep to hold. Fighting to not move at the backwards. Yeah, you'll you'll see. I, I was watching multiple plays where where on on run plays where the left side uh, Beecham and Amame. They're trying to push the guy back, but they're literally bent backwards because the guy, they're, they're just getting pushed back. They're not, they're not getting any kind of leverage to push them off the line of scrimmage. And it's just it's creating just a, just a mush of bodies in the middle that aren't getting any holes to run through. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, really hard to watch, really painful. Just just pretty depressing. As you can tell, we're very unhappy about talking about this game right now. So we're going to try to run through the rest of it really quickly. Uh, Marquise Lee is one of the lone bright spots, maybe the lone bright spot on the offense Thank so God far this year. Lee. This game he had <laughs> seven catches over 100 yards, pretty good average of around 16 or 15 yards a catch. Yeah. And he's just continuously looked like the most – consistent and explosive weapon that the Jaguars offense has right now. Some would say only. Yeah. Weapon. <laughs> only <laughs> consistent Jaguars. weapon, certainly. But he if it wasn't for him this man, I don't even know. It's, yeah, it's so two guys that really struggled in last season, Lee and uh, Myers, they're both kind of ascending right now, like skyrocketing. Myers has been amazing. Yeah, he's hitting everything he's looking at. No missed extra points. So that's awesome. It's good to see two players that maybe the expectations for them going into this year were not super high. Definitely not everyone had high expectations for them, and they're really showing their stuff. Coming into the season, hearing that, Jason Myers has been killing it, and Marquise Lee's finally stepping up and being a player. 
that drafted in the second round the Jaguars thought he would be, you'd think that would be a recipe for success. That would be a bonus. Yeah. yeah. But it's our saving grace right now. Yeah. You wouldn't have known that all the other normally reliable pieces on the Jaguars' offense have seemingly fallen flat over the last couple of weeks. Um, so the one big injury loss that we had, and it is big both literally <laughs> and uh, just for this team, is the loss of Roy Miller to uh, mm-hmm. Achilles, torn Achilles. Especially against the team we're about to face. Right. We're about to go up against the Titans. If you don't know, they have perhaps the best running game in football. And Roy Miller is by far the Jaguars' best run stuffer up front. Eats so. double teams, constantly has multiple offensive linemen accounting for him. Right. So that's a tough, tough loss for the Jaguars. And he's mm-hmm. an emotional leader. I'm sure he'll yeah. still be around the team and oh, yeah. trying to help the guys out. But uh, the loss of Roy Miller, who's just such a hard worker, tough individual, really never gets the credit he deserves. But he's just the an unsung, awesome player. I wouldn't say unsung hero, but a very big part, a cog in the wheel. Last year he that might have been the work. Jaguars' best defender. He, I think he had the best season as Jaguars defender. Because people didn't even realize he actually got four sacks too. Like nobody thinks that Roy <laughs> yeah. Miller is getting sacks. But last year he did it all because he had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did and that's it not even his game. admirably. Yeah, he was awesome last year. So losing him is going to be tough, especially facing the Titans two more times this year. And um, the I Texans heard, uh, who also have a decent running game. I heard... Um, uh, Richard Ash got brought up. We're gonna play a lot of okay. Avery Jones. They, yeah, you gotta love Avery Jones. Like he's we should we can't fail to up. mention that he's a good football player, really good. Uh, yeah, he, he's a guy that I think is capable of starting. Honestly, yeah, I I, I saw that they're gonna try out Sinder at a little bit of the uh, the zero technique. Yeah, see how that goes. Um, I don't love that. I don't, I don't either. see Avery. I don't see Sanderic being able to do that well. Uh, he's a guy that relies on his athleticism and mm-hmm. his position, and that's not what you really usually need in a run stuffer, but yeah. who knows. Um, but, yeah, Avery, I think, can step in and do fine. I don't think he will be the same. I don't think he'll have the same consistency of Miller. Like, Miller's good on every single play. I think there's a few plays where Avery might not might not be yeah. where he needs to be, but for the most part, Avery's a very good player. And he's and he's shown the ability to, to make to make some big plays. Yeah, he has made big plays already. And he's gotten a lot of playing time, so like mm-hmm. I'm not worried he's about it. He's very him, capable. For sure. So last thing before we move on from Talking solely about the Raiders game, we're going to get into the what the F moment of the week. Hmm. For me, when I saw this play happen, I knew that's what it was going to be. It was obviously, for me, the Rashad Green dropped punt. Um, he could have had two in this game. Yeah, I don't know what happened. He, I was in the stadium. The sun was not in his eyes. It was at his back, so... I don't know why he lost the ball. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, like the rest of his team, he's pressing to make a play, which it did appear because later on in the game he decided to try to field the ball at the one-yard line. 
field a punt at the one yard line. So I don't know. Normally Rashad Green is super reliable as the punt returner, but that didn't even work this week. Yeah, it looked like he just. I don't know if he, he misjudged it. Kind of like a baseball player tracking a fly ball. He, he thinks it's coming one way, and then he just realizes he's got to make a, a much longer run yeah. than he has to, so he's trying to catch up to make the play, and he's just not getting there in time. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a play when we're a team that's struggling the way we are. It just – it's killer. Yeah, it giving really them was. The, and Especially giving them the ball – in almost scoring position already. Mm-hmm. It seems brutal. like this team always has that moment early in the game where the wind just comes out of the sails. Yeah. Like the interceptions, these types of plays by Rashad Green. Like we were talking about. You know, our- a lot of the interceptions early in the game early in the game this year haven't been on Bortles, but I'll tell you what. That changed this week. Yeah. And uh, I think that was gonna be your moment of the week, right? little lead into that. Um, and it was an impress- it was a good play by the cornerback. Um, we're speaking of the, the on the very first possession of the game, Blake Bortles throwing it into triple coverage and getting intercepted. Um, triple coverage in the end zone. In the end zone. Yes. Um, there were two guys there who were already on the wide receiver. The cornerback who was covering the flat or the out route bailed because Blake was staring at him the whole way. He knew exactly what was coming. Yep. And he threw the ball anyway, and it wasn't a good throw at all. If you're doing something like that, put it in the corner of the end zone and just hope your guy can make a play on it. Yeah. That's best case scenario yeah, right like, there. That was terrible throw, terrible decision. Sometimes you get a good decision and a terrible throw. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a terrible decision but a great throw, and it ends up being a touchdown. Yeah. On this one, it was, it was both, a unfortunately. Lot of both. Yeah, so. And the corner made a great play. It's not like he was even involved in the play when Bortles threw the ball. Yeah. But it Bortles' body language, the way he was just staring down the wide receiver – he bailed on his responsibilities and came and made a great play. Yep. On a terrible throw. Yeah. And then so. once again, adversity, not being able to come back from it. I just feel like if we get one week where we score early, we get some positive momentum, maybe get a stop, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Maybe that might be what it takes to get, get things moving. But it, it, it ain't happening yet. It sure isn't. <laughs> it's very tough to... Tough to stomach, really, just based on how much talent this offense has. But Enough of this. Yeah, we'll move on to... Burn that game. Burn <laughs> the tape. Yeah, burn the tape. Jeez. Burn it all. I guess that is a great thing, though, and I think Bortles talked about that today in their press conferences, just getting to move on from it so quickly. Like, they, they need to move on, obviously. Um, so... Uh, the next segment we're going to get into is what does Dave Caldwell do? It's pretty simple. If you're Dave Caldwell, what do you do right now? There's you got to I mean, you got to figure out what you have. You got to be able to figure out what you can do to a hopefully somehow get a new coaching staff in here and have pieces to be able to compete. 
and B, be able to do all that to set them up to have success for you to be able to keep your job. Yeah. Because a lot of it is on coaching and a lot of it is on management for letting this go on, missing on a couple of players, not really... Perhaps missing on Blake Bortles. That, like, like a lot of it has... A lot was said after the draft that Dave Caldwell goes as Blake Bortles goes. And we are about to find that out, I feel like. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. Uh, a lot of people are calling for Brandon Allen or Chad Haney to come that's in. I think that's preposterous. Yeah. That's uh, not anyways, Dave Caldwell wouldn't be the one to make that decision anyways. That mm-hmm. would be Gus. But Dave Caldwell does get to decide who does make that decision. Mm-hmm. If the Jaguars lose to Tennessee this Thursday... If I'm Dave Caldwell, Gus Bradley is not the head coach of this team anymore. Mm-hmm. But I would have fired Dave Caldwell. I mean, I would have fired Gus Bradley before the season if I was Dave Caldwell. I was so, yelling for his head all, all of last year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were. It's not an uncommon and theme. I, and when, as a coach, you're 14 and 40, like, what do you think that a light is just going to automatically switch? Like, what... Why continue this oh, idiocracy? That gets why. And when I hear things, I'm, I'm gonna start ranting on Gus Bradley now. When I hear things like getting back to who we are, accountability. We are a shitty team. We're we are a team who's 14 and 40. <laughs> we know who we are. We've we've been finding that out for the last four years. Yep. How long? How many years is it going to take for us to find out who we are before we realize that we've been left in the dust and we've got to start all over again? Yeah. And Bortles made comments about the offense. They don't know who they are as an offense. It's like... They have no identity. You're an offense that has receivers that can go up and get the ball if you throw it downfield. That's what you are as an offense. Allen Robinson, the way he made plays and was able to... Put up the accolades to be able to get to the Pro Bowl. Is and then dominate the Pro Bowl. He was able to beat players in the interme- intermediate to deep field yeah. by his athleticism, his jumping ability, and his ability to track the football. Not these underneath crossing patterns. Yeah. They're, Bortles is not ever, in my opinion, going to be a super accurate passer. That doesn't mean he can't be an effective quarterback for the Jaguars, what it means is he's not going to be a precise thrower on quick routes. No. He's not going to be that. And you have to be precise on quick routes. You can routes. look at his form yeah. and know that. Just basically how long the ball takes to get out of his hand, like his throwing motion, he's not going to be an accurate passer all the time on quick slant routes, drag routes, out routes. He's just not going to do that. What he can do is put the ball in a good position for Allen Robinson to go get open and then go try to track the ball or make a nice dart on a slant down the field. He can do that. So adjust your offense, Greg Olson. Get it together. And, le- leading and into I that. say stop trying to run the ball this week. 
do not try to run the ball against the Titans. Sparingly. They're, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to run the ball a few times a game, every, every game, obviously. Even the Patriots do that. <laughs> they got Tom Brady. They don't have to. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying even when the Patriots are trying to throw the ball 50 times a game, they're still going to have a few runs mixed mm-hmm. in there. But my point is the Titans' run defense – they're not giving up anything. They're giving up less than 90 yards a game on the ground, and um, they've got talent. They've got Jarrell Casey in the middle. They've got Brian Arakpo. They've got all sorts of talented guys that are just not going to allow the pitiful Jaguars offensive line to run if the ball If you can't do them. it against the Raiders, you sure, you're not going to do it against the Titans. No, so That's if you're asking me, up-tempo. We keep hearing that they're going to do it more often, and I keep not seeing it. I've been, I've been wanting to bring this do up. Do it. I completely agree. From the, from the start. Yeah. If you're worried about your defense as an excuse to not do the up-tempo, what better time is to do it than at the beginning of the game when they haven't done anything yet? Yeah. Start the ball. Start off. Go up-tempo. If something good happens and you can get momentum and keep going – Good. That's gravy. Yeah. If not, what's it's not what, a huge what they're deal. doing now ain't working. Yeah. So you know, just if you're asking me, just go ahead and start the up tempo. Um, start it early in the game. Get Bortles going. So um, obviously, we are doing a couple of new segments this week. We also want to talk about. Um, where are the wins? Where are the wins going to come from this go year, hunting. the rest of the season? We're going hunting. Because going hunting. we've looked at the schedule, and you probably have too. It doesn't look great. Bleak moving is forward. a word. So, game by game, we're going to break yeah, it down. Obviously, when you're looking at the schedule, things change every week throughout the season. By, and by no means are we saying what we see happening now is gonna be anywhere close to accurate three weeks from now. Using like the the team could flip the switch this week against the Titans. They could. I don't see that happening, but yeah. they could. So anyways, let's get into Thursday night at the Titans. Uh the we're gonna be wearing the gold rush uniforms. Mm. How can the Jaguars win this game? Do you think they'll win the game? Using their previous using their previous two performances for all of this do I think they can win the game? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, they beat the Bears. They're okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the, they're still the Titans. They're a team with not a lot of top-end talent. They do have some good players. Better than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. DeMarco Murray has been playing very well. Marcus Mariota has been on a tear the last few games. Um... But so is our defense. If yep. we can get something together, or if for a quarter we play well, like we did against the Bears, yeah, I going into the going into this game, my gut reaction is yeah, we should beat the Titans. Yeah, even if we're not playing well. My gut we reaction is we shouldn't beat the Titans, but I'm gonna pick us to beat the Titans because. It'll get everybody off Gus Bradley's back for a week, and that's pretty much how things have always gone with the Jaguars since Gus Bradley's been here. Everybody's just ready to 
get the lynch mob out and run the coach out of town, and then, of course, he ends up winning the next game. I feel like that's just a trend yeah. that happens with us. Also, Gus Bradley's never lost on Thursday night. Uh, I think the Jaguars are very familiar and very capable of beating the Titans, not based on anything I've seen this year, but I think they'll win the game against the Titans as well. Then they go at Kansas City. I don't think there's any point in talking about this game. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team that is clearly much further along in their development than the Jaguars. They have a competent quarterback. They have a great running game. They have receivers that are making plays, and they have a very good defense. Get, they're going to struggle at every phase of the game. Yep. And By the way, we're using the current state of the team as a barometer for all of these games. Right. Granted, we don't know if they'll flip the switch. Exactly. And so. there's certain matchups where things just, oh, the, the running game might miraculously have a great game against yeah. one of these teams. We're, we'll, we can, you can try and anticipate that, but... Until you actually see what's going on, it's hard to tell. Absolutely. But with the Chiefs, no. Nope. <laughs> Not at Arrowhead. All right. No. So then you're one and – okay, so we beat right the Titans. We're, we're three and four. Three and four. You lose to the Chiefs. You're three and five. Then you play the Texans at home. Beatable. Definitely a beatable team. Brock Osweiler was definitely a $17 million mistake. Um, uh, yeah, Woo. so. No, their defense is not the same yeah. at all no, without J.J. Watt. It really isn't. It's been beatable, and the the Broncos ran all over them. Trevor Simeon had a pretty good game. The part that scared you about the Texans isn't so scary anymore. Yeah. And they got a quarterback who's really struggling. Mm-hmm. Arguably, maybe a little bit more than Blake Bortles is. Yeah, he really is. Like, <laughs> If you haven't been watching the Texans, he really is playing terrible football. So, I mean, that's a game at home. I'll, yeah, it's I'll, at home, I'll give so him that'll home. always help. So you're saying two out of the next three can be wins. Yeah. So you're saying... That the Jaguars should be four and five going into week 11 of the football season. That is what I am saying. (laughs) And then the Jaguars go on the road to play the Detroit Lions, who are led by the rejuvenated Matt Stafford after the loss of... Good Lord, he's been playing well. After the loss of Megatron, he's been playing MVP caliber football. Then you stay up north, you play at Buffalo. Who knows how the weather's going to be for that November 27th game. And the Bills have really been playing well lately. They're loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, this is That's a tough two-game road stretch right there. And emphasis on the word road. We yes. are not a team that performs well on the road. Well, Especially against... According to Allen Robinson, we don't really have a home field advantage that's at Everbank. In, that's in London. Technically, that's not a road. That's his home. He can go build a house out there and live in it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, I mean, in a cold environment against the Bills, they got Tyrod Taylor, they got LaShawn McCoy, who's been really running the ball well. Um, a Rex Ryan defense. It's. I'm not going to pick the Jaguars to win that game. No. 
So, this is typical Gus Bradley Jaguar team fashion. They start off slow. They get to four and five. They're within one game of just getting to 500. Given and, just enough hope that the division might still be in reach. they play the Lions and the Bills on the road, and they lose to both of them. And they're four and seven all of a sudden. And then you go home for a two-game homestand against the Broncos and the Vikings, two of the most talented teams in football. It's going to be rough. So that's a four-game stretch at Lions, at Bills, versus Broncos, versus Vikings. These might Can they win one of those four games? Like, I, I don't see it. I don't. Nothing about this team right now tells me that that they can win these games. If the defense was creating turnovers, perhaps. But just playing good defense and not scoring is not enough to win in this yeah, league. I totally agree. So you're and you're arguably playing the two best defenses in the league back to back. I that's it. not going to be a fun week. Absolutely not. And then, so what are we four and four and nine now? Uh, I believe five and eight. Or no? Yeah, four Three. and nine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Oof. four and nine. Three In your games four. left. In your four. Three games left. Two of them are on the road at Texans. Thank God it's all Colts. division opponents. And then the one in the middle is the Christmas Eve game against the Titans. But yeah, it's all division opponents, Ugh. all beatable opponents. But will we be even playing for anything at that point? You're not going to be in the playoffs. Not at four and nine. Not well, a shot. If we're if we're four and nine going to the last three games, you're talking yourself into a hole right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is it possible that a team could win the AFC South with a seven and nine record? Yeah. Because yeah. each one of those games, we'd be beating another AFC South divisional opponent. It's going to be rough getting the Texans <laughs> to only win three more games. It's I don't very, know. I mean, very unlikely. Who knows? They're not playing good football. But, no. I mean, you get the Texans at Houston. Is it a winnable game? He, yeah. History doesn't really tell us that. We don't. We haven't played well there? Nope. Not at all. So, for me personally, that's five straight losses. Yeah. So, basically what we're trying to tell you is the team would have to have a miraculous finish to even sniff the playoffs. And I don't think it'll happen. I don't think Scott does either. No. To me, people still talking. If if somebody comes up to me and tells me, oh, statistically, the division's in reach. And off the bat, I'm like, okay, this person doesn't Statistically, want the what makes you think that a Gus Bradley-led team is going to start miraculously winning more games when they're 14 and 40 <laughs> before that? It's just... Oh, don't, but there's a chance. Don't, don't, well, yeah, don't, there's don't also a chance that they don't win any more games the rest of the season, the way they're playing right now. It's it's standing here right now. We're at another top ten pick. Yeah, absolutely. And just extend the record. So uh, most consecutive. What week am I going to have to start looking at Miles Garrett and all these other? Uh, well, you ain't getting Miles Garrett at ten. I can tell you that. Well. We only have how many wins right now? Two. Touche. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, where do you... 
We'll get into the draft at another point. It's yeah, too early in the season. We we're not going to start speculating on draft picks. <laughs> I almost, I almost I started going almost, down the rabbit hole. You almost did. Okay. So um, we're done with where the wins, and the point of that segment was to inform you that it's not an easy road for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Right now, it, I don't think it even – besides how difficult our schedule is, we could play the Browns every week and I wouldn't be picking us. Yeah, you you can to in our well in my opinion you can expect from this team anywhere from well anywhere from two to six wins this year. Yeah, standing right now. Who knows? It that's doesn't look that's good. about the range. So another abysmal season. Yeah, in year four of a rebuild. Yeah, Ouch. it's tough to swallow that pill. It is. It really is. And we'll take you around the AFC South a little bit right now to show you how crappy our division rivals are, the only- which is giving these <laughs> crazy fans hope. But anyways, so the Colts, they're 3-4. and four. They just beat the Titans on the road in Tennessee. We know the book on the Colts. The offense mm. is pretty good. They have Andrew Luck, who can at times be the best quarterback in football. Their offensive line has been playing yeah, good football. A lot better football for the Colts on the offensive line. And T.Y. Hilton, he's tough to stop. Yeah. Tough for anybody to stop. But they have a terrible defense. That's, I so, mean, it's it's. They awful. have the only defense that gave up 30 points to the Jaguars this year. That's bad. How about that? It's real bad. <laughs> so... They're a team uh, that they're gonna we're gonna be fighting with. I feel like it's oh God. I feel like it's a three way race for last place. <laughs> I think it could be any of the teams in last to finish the season. You can, yeah, you can make an argument but for every team. I think that it will be us. Last. Looking at yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule. Not because I don't think we can be better than them at the end of the season, but our schedule is murderers row. Yeah, going especially right stretch. in the middle. We're going away for a couple weeks. Coming back, getting yeah, brutal defenses. It's it's gonna be tough. Yeah. So then you've got um, the Titans, who just lost to the Colts, but the Titans are playing a little bit better football lately. Mariota isn't always consistent with protecting the ball and not <laughs> turning it over, but he's making some good plays. The yep. defense for the Titans is playing really well, and they can just flat out run the ball. Demarco Murray is a beast. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of surprised they're not playing Derrick Henry. A yeah, more. I'm shocked too. But I mean, why pull him? You don't. Yeah, why pull Murray? Murray's playing well. You don't yeah. have to play the rookie. Let him sit, learn. Um, he looked. He looked really good in the preseason. Yeah. But ever since then, I think he has 130 yards, 150 yeah. yards. Yeah, he's just there. not getting the rock. But plain and simple, it's not like. It's not even like a timeshare at all. It's like mm-hmm. Henry will go in if Murray's tired. They're going to run the ball down the throat, take a couple of shots. They actually, Taylor Lewan, their tackle scored a touchdown this week. I saw that. That was a little trickeration. Yeah. <laughs> but Typical Mike Malarkey trying to score touchdowns with his The tackles. wild and crazy Mike <laughs> Malarkey, the trickster. So you've got them, and then you've got the Texans, who are in first place in the division. But they seem like they have, besides the Jaguars, I think that they're trending down the most out of any of the rest of the division. easily the worst first-place team in the league. 
Yeah. But a long sure. shot. Yeah, like we said earlier, Osweiler is just terrible, and their defense is not as good as it was when they had J.J. Watt out there. I think emotionally he was a leader more than – I mean, obviously physically he's probably the most gifted player and on the defensive side of the ball in football, but emotionally is where they're really, really missing him. I think he really yeah. got them going. No, they, they still have some players. They have a really good corner, uh, Boye. Okay, yeah. Playing really good football right now. Um, outside of that – Tough. It's a bunch of guys. Yeah, Cushing's um, obviously a great player. But <laughs> watching the game last night, partway through the third quarter, it might have been near the end. The average, the yard average yard per play for the pass was three point one. Yikes! Yards per per completion. Yikes! That is rough. It was bad. I don't know Throwing, if I've ever seen he, it that low. It it, it looked like. Literally, eighty percent of the passes were at or behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it was brutal. Else. Well, um, that is something else for the Texans, who a lot of teams, a lot of people thought that the Texans were going to be a playoff team this year. A lot of people thought we were going to be a playoff contender too, though. So you see how things change, and who knows how the rest of the season will play out. But it's not looking good right now for the AFC South. Um, I'm Jordan DeLugo. You can catch me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Jordan DeLugo. Scott Klein's my co-host. You can find him at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. And you can find Generation Jaguar online at GenJag.com, on Twitter at Generation Jag, on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. You're listening to the Generation Jaguar podcast. We just took you around the AFC South. And now we're going to get into a little bit of Jaguars fantasy football talk. There's not a whole lot positive to talk about here, Scott. Is anyone a safe start right now on the Jaguars? Any players a safe start? You know, last week was a real barometer of where things were. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're going to score on any, if you're going to produce on any defense in the league, that was the one. Should be the Raiders who were giving up 440 yards a game going into that game with us. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't rely on either running back. Nope. At this point, you can't really rely on the wide receivers outside of Lee, potentially. Who, even though Lee is doing very well, he's still not been huge in terms of fantasy. Yeah. He hasn't found the end zone yet this year. just broke 100 yards. Right. So... Um, He's definitely being targeted the most right now, though. Blake Bortles is somehow putting up decent yardage, but not really scoring very well. Yeah, I mean, he's going into last week, he had been a decent fantasy quarterback all year. Last week was his worst game. Shockingly, somehow. Yeah. Which, I mean, it just tells you how far the Jaguars are from really finding out who they are on offense. Yep. So, we'll I mean, see what happens this week against I, the Titans who have a s- very strong, steady defense and uh, it could be really tough sledding again. Yeah. At this point, if if you don't have somebody better, that's that's the only real reason you'd have anyone on the yeah. Jaguars in the, on your team. If you have to start them, I would feel okay with starting Allen Robinson. Just because just you know he's going to break out at some point. And, and, and uh, if, if somebody is going to score a touchdown, 
probably him. It's probably going to be him. Yeah. So, I mean, there's potential, but until they show you something, it's kind of scary Yeah. putting him in your lineup. I actually almost took him out for Tyrell Williams of San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's that's how bad it is. It is bad. It's terrible. And Williams is playing well. Right, but still. But he should not take a spot, starting spot away from Allen Robinson. Absolutely not. So, so that's, it's, I had to fight myself. I left Allen in there, but something's got to click. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you, and I will be starting Allen Robinson this week, but begrudgingly. Yeah. So it's not bright for a fantasy outlook for the Jags. I mean, Jason Myers is probably... Yeah, he's the safest bet. If you have him, you're fine. I mean, if we get in the red zone, you can almost count on a field goal at this point. Oh, if we're in the red zone, yeah. <laughs> so, or inside the forty, you can pretty much get one from him unless Blake throws it away. So he might be. Yeah, team. he he would be our fantasy star <laughs> of the week. Would <laughs> be Jason freaking Myers. How about it? So before we get into our Titans preview. We've got to talk about the growing angst and separation between There's been a lot going on today. the players and the fans. There's been a few comments this season by players about fans and fans not being happy or fans booing. And earlier this year, Telvin came out and said, you're either with us or against us. And that hit a lot of fans the yeah. wrong way. And... Uh, it really, in my opinion, these players need to know the fans' place. Like, without the fans, they don't have a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... And we pack out the stadium for them. And for those things to come up from out of Telvin Smith, who's your leader, it's yeah. frustrating. And it's, and it's also coming from a guy who's been here for a hair over two years. Right. When the last time we had a decent... And I'm talking decent, winning season, over 500, or having any kind of success was 2007. Yep, it absolutely was. I wrote an article, all of this that we're talking about right now culminated when Allen Robinson was talking to Mike DiRocco. Richard um, Green kind of got into it on Sunday on Twitter. Yeah, he deleted yeah. everything. That blew up too, but... Um, Rashad Green's a punt returner. Allen Robinson's your superstar. And when Allen Robinson says to an ESPN reporter, when you hear the atmosphere of when we step out on the field, when we go to punt, out, when we go to punt or before halftime when Blake takes a knee and you hear the booing, it's kind of funny to me. It's rough. He goes on to say, it's funny that we get our best home field advantage when we go to Wembley Stadium. The... I don't even want to argue with what he said about Wembley Stadium because it just gives relevance to his argument. Yeah. The Jaguars have fans in London, but people in London will cheer for a punt. They don't know what's going on, the vast majority yeah. of them. Like, A-Rob... I, so I wrote Alan Robinson a letter. I had to do it. I, we published it on our website, genjag.com. Dear Alan Robinson... Shut the hell up. It's... Nothing about this situation is funny. Not one thing about this situation is funny. No. 
We, as Jaguar fans, have not seen the Jaguars in the playoffs for over 3,200 days. Good. Gracious. Feels like longer. And are, that's playoffs. We are 41-93 and 93 since 2007. <laughs> Yet, we pack out the stadium every week. Mm-hmm. We tailgate. We defend Allen Robinson. And we defend all the rest of the players on the Jaguars. To our co-workers and friends. And we don't need to hear from our best players that you don't get a good home field advantage when you come home to Everbank Field. We pack it out despite you and the rest of your teammates only winning 10 games since you, Allen Robinson, have been in the NFL. You've won 10 games as a team. So when we come and pack out the stadium, and yeah, we're still going to do it even after you pull this type of stunt and talk about this type of stuff. We're still going to come to the stadium. We're still going to support you. We're still going to love you. Time to show the fans a little bit of respect and really think about what you're saying before you say it. Yeah. It, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this today. Um, for the fans, this is an entertainment business. It's entertainment. You go to a movie... And it's 30% of what you expected it to be, which is roughly the win percentage right now. Okay. You're going to give it a thumbs down. Absolutely. You're going to tell everyone you know, oh, that's, that was a... Yeah. That movie was terrible. Don't go see that. It's awful. You're going to walk out. Absolutely. What do, what do Jaguars fans have to do? We have to go home and cry on our pillows and... Drink lots of alcoholic beverages and <laughs> the only thing that we lie have, to ourselves we about possibly having a good team. We we can't go online and go on Yelp and review the Jaguars and say, "Oh, don't go see these guys; they're terrible." No, what we can we can do, respond to the product on the field and let them know how we feel about it. Yeah, and I personally don't boo, but I can't blame an entire fan base for booing when you're playing like a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. It's completely reasonable. And to, and for you to think that the fans here have it bad, Aaron Rodgers, I was listening, uh, Aaron Rodgers got booed yeah. in Green Bay this year. Fans boo every team that is not playing well. When we played... For us to boo you, <laughs> you need to look yourself in the mirror, look inward, and figure out what the hell is the problem and why you've dropped two passes that got intercepted in the last two weeks. You need to figure that out for yourself and stop worrying about the fans booing you and figure out how to beat Tennessee. When we, when we, exactly. When we played in Denver, Blake's rookie year, they booed Peyton Manning. They exactly. booed Owen because they played like, Dog you know what, boo. against yes. the lowly Jaguars, a team they should be rolling over. Yeah. And they were a team, I believe that year went to the Super Bowl. I, I can't recall. Yeah. But, it's, but it, regardless, they were a team who had been to two Super Bowls in the last five years. They got booed. Yeah. And we've been sitting here for nine years since we've had any kind of success in football. I feel like we have the privilege to react in a way that players might not like. Yeah, we can do whatever the hell we want. We pay for our tickets, and we pay for your ass. To catch touchdowns. Guess what? If you don't like it, win. Yeah. Do something about it. Exactly. Don't drop but the ball on third We down. love you, A-Rob, but we just want you to know 
What you said was wrong. We heard it. We don't like it. We want you to shut the hell up, go play football, and win a freaking football game on Thursday night. Yeah. That leads us in to our Titans preview, which I know we've touched on a lot of these topics already, but we're going to go get straight into it. This is the second straight game that we're facing a former Jaguar head coach. Oh, God. After Mike Malarkey was fired from Jacksonville, would you ever have imagined that he would be the head coach of an NFL team again? I, Much less your division rival, the Titans. I'm pretty sure I popped a bottle of champagne the night they promoted him to, to head coach. Because I, I just thought, oh, my God. They're, they're, gonna, they're shooting themselves in the foot. And they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have their players lining up the helmets on the side of the field perfectly and not be focusing on what's important. Yeah, but I got to admit I like what he's done. It's I love I love watching a team that can impose their will on you. And the Titans can do that with their running game, and that is something that I'm greatly jealous of as a Jaguar fan. I I don't feel because we don't we haven't there hasn't been a team this year that's had success running on us. Uh, San Diego somewhat. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be able to succeed against us running the ball like they have against a lot of other teams. No. But I don't think we're going to be holding them to you know, a really terrible output as a running team. They're going to get theirs. Yeah. But we're going to get ours too. Especially with Roy Miller being out. Yeah. We're going to get ours too against them. We're going to hit them in the backfield still. So. Yeah. It's not going to be totally one-sided in that respect. Um, I'm really surprised how well their rookie right tackles playing Jack Conklin. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I mean, He's, the whole Titans offensive line's playing great. And they've spent yeah. a, they've kind of copied the Cowboys their strategy. They've spent a lot of draft picks. Mhm. On two first, no, uh, Jack Conklin was a second round pick, or was he a late first? I can't remember, but they've spent a lot of draft picks and emphasis on building this offensive line, and it's it's starting to pay dividends. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you would have guessed that the Titans were three and four at this point in the season, I think most Titans fans and most surprised. people would be surprised, and they have a chance to go four and four if they beat the Jaguars, which. There's absolutely no reason that they can't beat the Jaguars this week. Um, so, yeah, the Titans and Mike Malarkey have a little bit of a decent thing going, I guess. It's shocking to yeah. me. I thought they would be the arm, armpit of the division. Yeah, They'd be the whipping boy. But joke's on us. So what well, do you think beat. about Mariota? Obviously, he's had like a lot of up and down been going on in the beginning of his career which most young quarterbacks do but yeah I thought for the, as a whole like just what do you think where do you think he's headed for the first few games of the of this year he he was not good he was really struggling um, the last few games he's really been turning it on um, I, I watched some of the Colts game um, it's a lot of quick passes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he can he he he's really got a quick. He's accurate and, and he's quick, accurate. Yeah, and then he can. That's going to open up for going deep. Um, he can take shots down the field. He's got a good arm, and of course he's got the wheels. Yeah, he's so dangerous. We all witnessed it last year. Oh my goodness, he pretty much single handedly beat the Jaguars in a crucial game at the time. But yeah, no, I I. I 
you know, I think he's he's playing solid football. It's it's not something where I'm just blowing him off when he's coming to play the Jaguars. Yeah. He's somebody where you got to account for him when you no game doubt. plan. I mean, 12 touchdowns to six interceptions on the year. Gosh, if Blake Bortles was doing that right now, <laughs> yeah. we'd be singing his praises. And we'd probably have a few more wins. Absolutely. But it's 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 just you got to be able to do something with the yeah. ball. And he's proven over the last couple of weeks where he's been able to do enough to put his team in a position to win. Mm-hmm. So the Titans excel on the ground and stopping the run. Their run defense versus our running game should just be a total disaster for the Jaguars. Like, yeah, there's anything like I said. We shouldn't, (laughs) we shouldn't be running the ball on them this week very much. I think that would be a fool's errand to try to just keep pushing the run game this week. You got to abandon it a little bit. Go up tempo. Um, Their pass defense is middle of the road. It's Mm -hmm. They give up about 250 yards a game through the air, so they can be exposed through the air, and that's what the Jaguars need to try to do. Yeah, this it's they're they're the most penalized team. Uh, correction, they're the most penalized defense right. in the league. Um, we are the most penalized team in the league. <laughs> if you didn't know, coach, come on. Um, it's something where. I don't know how many weeks we're going to keep saying this. Just try to go deep. Try to go downfield with the ball. Yeah, and for me, it's not even necessarily like most people think deep, like, oh, throw a go route. No, like, get vertical. That means routes that are like 10 to 30 yards downfield yeah. when the guy's catching the ball. A Rob you know I mean? had what a play. That's he excels at. Exactly. And, he, and we, we, there was one play that I remembered where we did that, and he got a personal foul. Or he got a, um, a pass interference. Yeah, guys have a tough time covering him when he does exactly. that. Exactly. So you got a chance. There's three outcomes. Four. Your wide receiver is going to make a play on the ball, which with Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, you would hope Damn good that chance. they're going to beat the guy that they're going up against. They're going to get an incomplete pass. They're going to intercept it. Okay. Which, half the time you're throwing the ball in, it yeah. seems to be getting close to intercepted. So. Or you're going to get pass interference. Yeah. And you're going to so get three So there's three potential very good outcomes with that. And uh, we just need to try to employ employ this strategy that we, for some reason, have not been utilizing at all this year. Despite seeing so much success with it in 2015. So cool. can our run defense slow them down? Um, I know we touched. On I'm this pretty a confident bit. that we're not. We're going to slow him down. I mean, I, I don't think you can. I, I think Demarco Murray's a good enough running back where he's going to be difficult to contain for the whole game. Absolutely. They they got the I think the third best rushing team in the league. Um, they're great on third down. Where we haven't been <laughs> on defense for the past few weeks. For the past it's been few brutal. years. Um, Delaney Walker is it's a tough the, matchup. Oh, my goodness. Tough, tough matchup. Tight ends kill us. But, no, I mean, it should be something where if you can try and contain DeMarco Murray, just just you, you should be able to bet on you being able to contain Marcus Mariota. Do you think 
there's any chance we create pressure this week on Mariota? Uh, Their tackles are good, but they're also young. Yeah. Can the, our young guys versus their young guys? Can our guys win? The only Maybe? thing the <laughs> only thing that I would say to that is that they have so they have such quick passes that they get the ball out so quick that there's yeah. not a lot of time to really get to the quarterback. Well, we'll find out Thursday night. The Jaguars will be playing in Tennessee for the color rush game, and um, they really need to pull out a W. If they don't, it's going to be tough sledding from here on out. I don't. And if if they lose, I don't see. At this point, I don't see how you can keep Gus Bradley. Yeah. But if the trend continues. You gotta do something. Yeah, I'm with you. So, final score prediction. What is it? I think it's gonna be ugly. I, fourteen to ten. <laughs> Who wins? Jaguars. Fourteen to ten, Jaguars. I'm gonna say the Jaguars somehow find life this week on offense, and they go ahead and they put up their second thirty-point game of the year. They win thirty to nineteen in Tennessee. They come home for a. What will be a tough rest of the schedule. I like your team. I like, I like your game a lot better. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic. I'm Jordan DeLugo. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My co-host, Scott Klein. You can follow him at ScottKlein1. You can find Generation Jaguar on our website at genjag.com or on Twitter at Generation Jaguar or Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar as well. Um, that'll do it for our show this week. Thanks for stopping by. Go Jags. <sighs>When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.